Rush Journey Radio presents The Messianic Character of American Education by Russus John Rushtoney Narrated by Jeremy Walker Produced with permission by the Chalcedon Foundation Introduction At no time in the history of any nation has so much money and so many hours been devoted to the process of education. Participation is almost universal on the part of America's youth, and much thought is being devoted to putting a college degree within the reach of all. But somehow, the equation of purpose and accomplishment still does not seem to balance. Wherever parents gather, concern is expressed about the education of their children. Questions are raised, and altogether too often, confusion reigns. Most of today's parents are past products of the current process. At a time when philosophical questions are usually bypassed, even by doctors of philosophy, this volume is unique as a systematic presentation and critique of the philosophical issues in education today. A vital new perspective is shed on some aspects of the process, and the presuppositions that are often ignored are clearly presented for the public review. For the most part, the professionals speaking for themselves in these pages, these are dedicated men, honestly and sincerely using their chosen means to the good society with all their vigor that they can command. That their own presuppositions seriously becloud the defining of a, quote, good society, unquote, within their own terms is a little understood fact of a major propositions and is cogently summed up at the end of this volume. Absorbed almost entirely in the process of education as a rule, it never occurs to these men the concepts that they took for granted of a good society were purloined from a Christian heritage and that they have studiously ignored or denied. Quote, Man does not live by bread alone. Unquote. This language may be excluded from the public classrooms by court order, but the problem which is here involved for education cannot be avoided. The nature and the character of society, and thus of education, hinges on the accepted concept of man, and whatever this concept is in a given society, it can be based only on an article of faith. The prevailing faith about the nature of man in educational circles is that he is the highest form of animal life. Consistently, education is that function which is concerned with conditioning man for his role in life. And what is his role? Obviously, the conditioning cannot be done without a goal in view, and yet it eludes us as we read. There was once no such uncertainty in the classroom, the pulpit, or for the most part in the minds of those who actually lived the events of the writings of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. That this was a new charter under God, since recognized in the pledge to the flag, was the assurance of its tightness and of its success. Statutory law, even the Constitution, should reflect God's laws insofar as humanly possible, Good laws should be obeyed, and bad laws that flouted the Creator's intent should be ignored. Either man evolved by chance out of the void and has no meaning or purpose other than what he can command, or he is a product of a Creator and subject, therefore, to the laws of his Creator. The transition from one of these concepts to the other is illustrated by the three meanings that have been attached over the years to, quote, veritas, unquote, on the shield of Harvard University. Initially in John Harvard's own words when he wrote the charter, 
It referred to the communication of divine truth. Later, this was transposed to mean the communication of human truth in the Greek sense. And finally, to the search for truth in the sense that divine knowledge is only mythical. Times are different, so we can apply little from the past, and so all things are relative to him who searches today. Meaning is possible in more than an inferior and transitory sense, only as correct knowledge and insights lead to predictability. This presupposes a world of order and law, both in the fields of science and in human relations. Obviously, it would be a violation of the law of contradiction to presuppose that such a world originated and is maintained by the caprice of chance. The search for truth, the interrelationships of cause and consequence, can have meaning only in a world of predictable relationships. Loyalty and even patriotism can and did arise under these circumstances. Education was a genuine mission to fulfill. It was consciousness of the need for understanding in a new nation under God, that men should understand their nature and their nation and their own responsibilities, that prompted Jefferson to plead the case for public education in Virginia. But even he expressed the view on one occasion that he would as soon see the farms and the factories managed by the state as to see local public education subsidized by the state. As the prevailing concept of man has changed from God-centered to man-centered, in part as the general acceptance of Darwin's theory of evolution has appeared to permit the putting of God in mothballs, the problems incident to this presupposition have multiplied. The transfer of man's allegiance from God to self has placed an impossible burden on the individual. If the source of meaning and the conceptions of right and wrong are no longer God's responsibility, then each man has some fearful decisions to make. In fact, he must delegate decisions to others or himself play God. But when each man must make ultimate decisions, the consequence can be only one thing, anarchy or war. Even if it is generally accepted that all things are relative, coincident action and or acquiesce must be attained for some matters by some means, and by this time it is clear that only the state is in a position to exercise the force necessary to do this job. Just as loyalty is adherent to a trust, so treason is a failure to abide by the terms of a trust. If all things are relative, and each is entitled to his own views with equal significance given to all views, then there can be neither loyalty nor treason. But when the state makes decisions to bring order out of chaos, whether there is loyalty in a moral sense or not, failure to conform is a failure in a trust as a member of the society and thus is treason. The educators of today are aware of the fearsome responsibilities they have undertaken in these times. Whether or not they are fully aware of the road they have followed in the acceptance of the responsibilities, challenges of what they do are, within the, quote, lodge, unquote, looked on as obstructionist and a violation of public responsibility. Given the premises, the consequences in this case is predictable, even though most educators might agree that, quote, all is relative, unquote. This book will be a better medicine indeed, to those who see the answer to today's problems in more education unless the question, quote, for what, unquote, is confronted and resolved. Most of modern education is devoted consciously or unconsciously to the perpetuation and extension of the underlying fallacy which has presented the whole effort with its dilemma. What the educationists have forgotten is that the sense of meaning and purpose in life which they take for granted 
was bought with the blood of saints from the time of the prophets and Jesus unto this day. And the end is not yet in sight. By taking for granted that which can only be acquired by faith, the rationalist tradition of American education has severed itself from its roots and indeed is paying the penalty for trying to, quote, live by bread alone, unquote. Ivan R. Beerley, Woodside, California.